Hey everybody, Foggy here. You know, your oh-so-charming host from the Wanderings crew. Hey, I just want to let you know before the show begins that we did have some technical difficulties tonight. We had Eric Sailors on from the Steepwater Band, and he phoned into the episode, and so there are a few glitches here and there. I don't think you're going to mind, because it was an excellent conversation about rock and roll. So, give her a listen, and afterwards, let us know how we did. And now, on to the show. Ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good, here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 68, proudly hosted by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. Tonight, we welcome Eric Sailors from the Steepwater Band, a pure, no-frills rock and roll band with quite a resume. Their music can be heard on One for the Money, Invincible, The Deadliest Catch, Friday Night Lights, My Name is Earl, and even at a Cubs game, just to name a few. In April, they released Turn of the Wheel, their ninth studio album. When I listen to their music, I imagine hanging out at the Vogue in Indianapolis, a small venue with excellent acoustics. It's intimate and personal. It's all about the music. It's what their music deserves. And I'm your host, Foggy, and helping me welcome them tonight is JPP and Joe Wright. Good evening, boys. Good evening. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, JPP. Yes, sir. Would you like to welcome our special guest this evening? Sure thing. It was a mildly warm spring day in April 2010 (laughs) when I got out of retail and moved on to an opportunity to work within a company in the music industry from another side, aside from playing shows. And that company has still exists today. And where I was in the office designing rooms and laying out acoustical treatment, there's a man in the warehouse that was always a friendly face and super awesome to talk to. And he exhibits kindness. He was always a patient fellow with me when I go back there and have a bad day and he would listen to me and let me go about my, my rant and move on and all that good stuff. But nonetheless, aside from that, um, he is a fantastic musician, a guitar player that I've looked up to for some time and someone who I enjoy listening to. And that man is Mr. Eric Sailors from the Steepwater Band. Eric, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, Paul. And that was uh, quite the intro. Thank you. <laughs> hey, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I remember going into that place and, you know, getting to know a, a large handful of people. And it was a completely different workflow that I'd been used to. And um, it sure. was very awesome to, you know, have that time with you. And uh, I remember there toward the end, I, I would see days where you'd be back there grinding away. And all of a sudden, a van would show up. Hey, guys, got to go. We're heading to Chicago. Zoom. Yeah. Out. You guys are hitting the road. So it was like... Must be nice. That's awesome. So good yeah. to have you on. Oh man, great to great to great to be here, fellas. So just uh, just before we get into it and really dig into the music and especially your new record, can you give us a little background on how the band came together? Um, well, the band uh, actually started in '98 and has been around for 20 years, and they were a four-piece, uh, well, three-piece um, starting out, and then moved to four they had a fourth member in the very early years, but, um, after, I think they just recorded one, uh, one big record as a four piece and things just didn't work out. So they went back to a three piece for, you know, a number of years and, uh, how I met the guys, um, 
I was uh, playing in the band Healing Sixes, and we just happened to start doing some shows together and uh, sharing some bills here in Indy and back and forth in Chicago. So just became friends, um, really good guys all the way around. And uh, and opportunities would just come up, and they'd uh, you know ask me to sit in and uh, invited me up to Chicago, um, played a couple gigs with them up there, um, just off the cuff, just having fun, and you know it just it just felt really natural. And, uh, um, you know, I had, a, I felt like it was an opportunity to just play more, go out on the road, um, a lot. I mean, we were doing, when I first got in the band, I think we were doing 180 shows solid the first three or four years. Um, so I just felt like it was an opportunity. And, uh, so, uh, got with the band and, um, and at first they were kind of like, you know, you, we, we've got this, if, if you can't, do a show, no big deal. But I was in, you know, 100%. Um, that's always kind of the way I've been. I, I don't like to have a lot of different gigs going on. I just like to focus on one solid band and, and try to bring, you know, everything I got to that project. Very cool. Yeah. And then your time with Healing Sixes, how, how long was that? That was 15 years. Wow. So that was another solid effort, you know. Um, we had, we, we did a few big tours. It took us away, you know, for, uh, for a couple months at a time. Um, but, uh, but it just, just seems like things just in life just kind of slowed that whole project down. Um, you know, we did a big record with Kevin Shirley, uh, and, uh, you know, and then nine 11 happened and, you know, just kind of, you know, sucked the air very similar to, you know, what we're going through now, just kind of sucked the life out of, uh, music for a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, um, uh, but healing sixes was a fabulous band. I mean, God, when, you know, you get a call from Jason Bonham and, uh, he wants to, you know, be a part of your band. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can no think kidding. of worse things. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. No yeah. That, that's really cool. So, you know, being able to, you know, tour and play shows with, with, you know, him, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of networking and opportunities in, in that regard. But, um, you know, I guess the main question is with Steepwater and, and Healing Sixes, did you go around the world with Healing Sixes as well? Because I know with Steepwater, you get to travel worldwide. Yeah, no, we, we, uh, we went to Mexico, Canada, and toured the States. And it was just odd, you know, our drummer, Jason was, you know, from, uh, um, from the UK and, and we never toured over there. It was just hard. It's, but it's, it's hard, you know, to lock in certain promoters, you know, um, it's just, it's just a different game. And we had, we just had no connections at that time. Um, so that really held us back. Cause I think we could have, could have done, you know, well over there. Steve water mm -hmm. does, we, I mean, we just we just do so well in Europe. Um, it's just unfortunate we didn't get to go. We had two trips planned this year, and about twelve different countries we were going to hit, and uh, it's just uh, unfortunate. <laughs> Pause button. Yes, for sure. And you know that brings up another question too. So, some things that are fascinating to Indiana musicians is, you know, we get to play a couple of counties or you know things like that in in a lot of ways. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your your small town roots, where you're from, and, and that sort of thing? What got you started to play guitar in the first place? Oh yeah, man, I'm from uh, Bunker Hill, Indiana. Um, oh wow, just north, 
north of Kokomo there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Little farm community, but uh, Grissom Air Force at least brought some diversity to our uh, to our community. So that really, really helped. Um, but yeah, my dad played guitar, so music was, you know, was 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 pretty serious in our house. Um, uh, but I was, you know, normal kid growing up playing baseball and football and riding dirt bikes. And, uh, you know, music didn't really, I mean, my dad was not pushing it on me, but I mean, he made sure that, you know, I mean, I think by the time I was 10, I'd seen Rory Clark and Jerry Reed a couple times, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that is, you know, I, I look back at that and at that point, even, even though I'm not, I wasn't playing at all. I just was blown away by everything i mean i just remember sitting there and just looking at all the gear and the sound boards and the people working the show i just it was just really interesting to me so i'm glad it, it finally took shape you know in my teens and i was able to do something with it <laughs> oh for sure i i have a lot of fond memories of that area my dad used to work at grissom in the winter time as a, a oh, civilian wow. a civilian runway debris removal specialist wow I, you know, long title for drove <laughs> a snowplow <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and so i would go up there with him on on christmas break or spring break and you know run around with, while he was doing the odd jobs and all that kind of stuff oh, so yeah. a lot of fun got to meet a lot of you know cool people sometimes they're casually chilling and jamming in break rooms and that kind of stuff too yeah yeah exactly um uh, you know, a lot, you know, I had friends from England and, and friends from Turkey and friends from Ireland that just, you know, would pop in, you know, maybe it would only be there a couple of years or, or they, you know, land, you know, like sophomore year and then, and then end up graduating from McConaughey. So it was really, really interesting. Um, a nice melting pot of different people. Very cool. Hey, you know, not to be the guy that's talking all the time, but Metalhead Monday just popped in. It's like a sitcom. Insert laughter or applause here. Here's our Kramer. Yeah. Metal Metalhead Monday, right on. Yep. How you doing? I'm good. I'm here. <laughs> you have a hall pass? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> just a <to> party. <laughs> Well, that's okay. We got it made. Got it made. Got it. He made. doesn't. He doesn't feel tardy. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just quoting the song, man. <laughs> right on. Oh, speaking of hall passes and tardiness, I got to tell you, I, I'm kind of familiar with Bunker Hill. I work at that high school you mentioned a second ago, and uh, I would say you wouldn't hardly recognize Bunker Hill, but. I don't think things have changed all that much. So <laughs> really, <laughs> that's all town for you. <laughs> yes, we've had a couple of kids come in from from the base, but but not a whole lot. So that those days are kind of kind of gone now that they've. Yeah, yeah, it has slowed down as far as uh, being a a, a working uh, you know base. I think I think it's starting to pick up a little more when I yeah, when I go up home. I see I see a lot more planes and helicopters than than uh, than years past. That's for sure. Because growing up, it was, it was all the time, twenty four seven. It was. I still run outside when I see a big plane fly over. I kind of, <laughs> if I'm free, I and I hear. Yeah. I was supposed to really fly that close, but I, I run out. I love it. So. Yeah. But, uh, it's a great backdrop to start a musical career because, uh, farm fields and and not much else going on. So it's a great excuse to pick up a guitar and and, and play music. Oh so. man. Yeah, yeah, you, you 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 got it, man. I mean, and 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 being out in the country, I mean, it was just no problem to have 
a place to play. It was like, who's got a garage or a basement or a barn? I mean, mm -hmm. we'd load it in and would make noise, you know, and people, you know, would be two miles away, you know. God, you clear down the road, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and always a bonfire, you know, on the weekends to take your acoustic. Yeah. And, yep, and, and we did a lot of that. Uh, you go a little further north, um, like you're going into Peru there. And my friend, if he turned off the road and went back into the, the boondocks there, he had a cabin that we spent a lot of time at. And it, I'm not even sure that it had electricity. I think we did a lot of stuff by uh, like lantern light and, and oh, nice. uh, just kind of out, out there. And, and I, I think I could probably still get there, but it's, it's kind of a blur. So <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of good music played there that on those nights. And you oh, reminded God. me too, you're talking about being out in the boonies and, you know, two miles away, people could hear you. But Monday could, you may remember this, but on, I think one of the first few days of our summer vacation, uh, one year in high school, our drummer lined up a gig and it was at a biker's house out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, so we fire up and start sound checking and he's pretty much in an Amish community. And all of a sudden you see these buggies just fleeing. <laughs> there was a handful of them just like taking off and running away. Didn't want to hear the noise all night. So <laughs> who knows where they went off to, but, uh, you know, bonfire the whole nine for sure. Yeah. yeah I definitely remember that. We had, a, we had a few situations like that where we ended up, felt like out in the middle of nowhere, but probably wasn't that far outside of town. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the intro, I mentioned that you guys have quite a few songs on big shows and movies and, and you know, that, that the Cubs game and all that. How did that come about? I mean, did people reach out to you? Um, yeah, they, they really do. I mean, uh, the um, like you have certain people kind of, you know, that, that dig your music and, and might be favoring you a little bit as far as getting get your music placed in a TV show. Um, so I think we've been lucky there to where we, I think, you know, some of those people that's placing some of those songs are, are fans, you know, and they, and that really helps a band like us just, you know, be relevant what, to what's going on. Um, so that, that really helps, uh, a band our size, just grow our audience. Um, you know, so we can tour, you know, a lot of places around the world, um, without it, it's, it's hard. Like healing sixes, we never had. Uh, things like that, getting songs placed and and uh, having the right team of people just kind of you know pick you up and and take you you know where you need to go. Um, so that's been that's that's been just uh, just an absolute a blessing to, for the band um, uh, to have you know songs you know on national levels like that. So like after you know Revelation Sunday comes out on Friday Night Lights, do you see a huge spike? Um, yeah, I believe so, even though I wasn't on that record. And that was a huge, you know, that was a record that, you know, I became a fan on. And, uh -huh. gotcha. um, and that is a huge, that's like, boy, that, that record in Europe is just, that's the staple. I mean, it really is. That's what really got the band rolling. Um, so there's been talks about maybe re redoing that, uh, um, putting that back out on vinyl. Um, maybe for next year or, or the year after, but uh, I'm just trying to find other ways to, you know, market the band um, you know, during this downtime. And I think we're going to do a little special thing when, when we get back out touring um, for turning the wheel, maybe a, a re-release with a couple extras. Um, Cause we had a handful of tunes, a couple cover tunes laying around that we, that we cut during those sessions. Nice. Huh. 
Speaking of Europe, what's what's uh, performing in Europe like versus the U.S.? I know Europe loves music. I know metal in particular has always uh, got a huge fan base there. But I'm just kind of curious. Do you see kind of a, a bigger response overseas versus domestically or vice versa? Yeah, definitely. For us, um, we get a bigger response uh, um, in Europe. Um, I mean, we've got our places here and, and you know, and we're on festivals it's no different, you know, a tour with Blackberry smoke. That is that, that, that's equal. You know, you're just, you got fans that, that, you know, know about the band and, uh, and, and really want to be there. Um, in Europe, it just seems like every show is just, <laughs> it's just something really special. Um, it is, it's been amazing for me, uh, just, uh, having that opportunity. Um, Spain, uh, in general is just, we do so well there. Um, for the size of country, that size of country, I mean, we can do 23 dates and have very little travel time between those shows and, and just play to a lot of people. And, and given some of those dates being close, you get a lot of people coming to, you know, several shows. Um, so I just, it's just, and they're so just so appreciative. And and people are here too. I just you know, it's just like anything. There's just a lot more to do here. People's <laughs> attention seems to get jerked in so many different ways here than over there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like their people over there they didn't get rid of their record players. They enjoyed their vinyl records and never stopped. <laughs> and you know, we were the first to like, all right, throw them out, get CDs. <laughs> right. No way. I want my vinyl back. <laughs> yep. It's kind of <laughs> funny, idea. you know. I- I listen to the new record and there's, I hear a lot of influences. I hear a lot of, you know, there's, there's stones at times, there's yard birds, there's, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of good old blues that I think would appeal in, in Great Britain. Um, yeah. But there's also a Southern vibe to it, you know, and it's like, it's funny besides just being great tunes, they, they must just be huge music fans in general over in Europe. Um, yeah. They must yeah, connect absolutely. with the classic rock vibe or something, but, but uh, I just yeah, they think really... it's funny. They, they really do. And then, and then you could be talking to somebody that's there and loves your band and they could be, I mean, just have a diverse record collection or just, you know, the other people, you know, I was asking, you know, what, what other stuff you into? And it can just be completely different. Like you just really, wow. Really? So, you know, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> coming to support our band, you know? Um, but yeah, I just don't think, you know, they've been pigeonholed into certain, you know, genres, you know, I just, I think their festivals over there, are you know there's just such a broad span of music like i've played a festival with Ed morrison and government mule on the same bill and it's just you go from jazz to rock you know and it's just beautiful <laughs> you know? i was i was actually going to ask that very question you're talking about europe you know and the festivals over there sometimes are crazy diverse and i was going to ask if uh you've had the opportunity to see someone like you maybe never thought you would see or play a bill with someone just like absolutely off the wall. You never thought you would be playing the same festival with or something. Yeah. Um, well, um, I met a guy, uh, Paul Warren, um, was, uh, we shared a show with him in Italy and that guy has played guitar for Tina Turner, uh, Rod Stewart, um, 
just, I mean, he's had some major gigs. And so we've been friends ever since we met over there. And that was just crazy to see somebody like that and end up on the same bill. Um, but that was like a town square um, to where it was, you know, probably about 500 people. Um, and, but boy, it just was an experience. Um, uh, trying to think of somebody else. Well, on this tour, we were going to play as Keen in Spain. And on the bill this year would have been Brian Wilson. Um, Fogarty was on that bill. So there was, and, and like I said, man, what a diverse, you know, um, uh, bill, you know, and, uh, and, w- and when you're in the, a festival like that, there's usually um, lim- limited places to stay. So you kind of are able to brush elbows with a lot of people in those, in those times. You know, uh, when Steepwater first started, touring over there that's where they met mark ford made the connection with mark ford um yeah, hung out with Derek trucks there met warren haynes over there and warren haynes ended up taking the band out on the road um for a few weeks um so it's been a lot uh, i mean they have just really really done well um as far as you know tapping into that europe market and uh and we and we're you know just trying to keep it growing and I think that was the whole thing with the adding, adding me to the band. It was just, you know, something, something new. Um, and it just, it just fit so well. I mean, it was just, when I got in that band, we had no rehearsals, zero. Um, it was, I knew a number of songs that we could play, you know, we could get, get through a couple hours of, a night. And then they were just throwing songs at me every single week, like, man, learn these, learn these, learn these. So it was about 90 tunes I had to, you know, get a grasp on. Um, and now we've got two more records. And so. <laughs> That's awesome. A lot. So speaking of, um, now that you've been in the band for a while and have recorded, um, do, you, do you record in Chicago or do you go elsewhere? Um, well, on Shake Your Faith, we did, we did, a, a, we went to a studio in Cleveland. Um, called uh well the label was sun pedal um the, the studio i'm drawing a blank but it was uh jim Wirt was the producer and uh he's produced he's got credit for fiona apple um he's done some major records uh and he was great he was great um it was uh it was in january in cleveland which was a little little rough you know <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. the weather was zero uh but we pulled it together and then, uh, and kicked out a good record, you know, for, and we, and we, we did our job on that record. We were there, um, for two weeks and that record was done, um, nice. mixed, mastered, ready to go. But, the but the label, you know, kind of drug their feet on it. And, and it was, uh, it was kind of a bit of a mess. Um, but we got out of it and, uh, got our record back and, and put it out ourselves. And, uh, and that was a, a, a double record, which was a big, you know, that was, it was, it was tough. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Sounds like, sounds like the Steepwater band does not mess around. They, they <laughs> hustle harder. Apparently that's <laughs> man. We, we do, we, you know, when, when things are rolling, we really do. I mean, there's no, um, I mean, the schedule can be really, really tough sometimes. And, uh, um, like I said, you know, when people ask me, you know, you, you know, do you like what you do? And I say, I love it. But I guarantee you, it's not for everybody. <laughs> no way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a definite energy that comes through in the music, too. I think that that 
work ethic shows not only in the quality of the songs but just just the overall vibe and energy of the of the of the album and um a real positive message too i think cool thank you yeah um i think jeff's lyrics are really really good and he really just just knocked it out of the park on this record um and 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 what i like about recording from from the you know the, you know the end result is the record but I, as far as you know when somebody asks me how is that you know how do you like recording that record you know it starts at the beginning how the songs came together what was going on you know in my life the band's life um and then you know getting through the rehearsals the pre-production and then getting the record out so uh turn of the wheel was just such a uh, just a fresh you know um well we you know added a new bass player todd todd bowers ended up leaving the band um and we got joe bishop so we had we had you know our backs were against the wall a little bit you know we knew we had to get a new record out and we knew they wanted us back in europe so it was like here we go you know but it was those songs just came together so quick it was just god it, it just it was it was easy you know where shake your faith was, took a little more work plus we were on the road we didn't even take a break we we uh we had a gig the night before we went into the studio and uh um so and then right when we got out of the studio we were back on the road so it was uh it was just tough it was tough um um uh just exhausting really <laughs> you know so this one there was uh a little bit more room to 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 create as far as on a personal like i brought a, a ton more music to this record ton more um so it was just it was just you know like i said the whole process from the beginning of you know you start the pre-production um you're working these songs up you know they're just at their infant stage and to see them blossom and these things blossom so quick it was just like you know the idea would be at one rehearsal and then by the next rehearsal you know people had done their work and their homework and was bringing ideas to the table to where we could finish it and i mean it just just really came together quick very cool. Uh, I was curious because right when I started listening to this record, I think I texted everybody and and said, you know, I'm, I, I hear like early Stones and maybe some Black Crows and and as it went along, maybe even a little Jack White or whatever. Who were some of your influences that influenced the way you play and your input into this record? Um, into this record, God, uh, boy, I was listening to a lot of uh, North Mississippi All Stars, um, Doyle Bramall. Um, uh, I was really, I'm really into this band called the Greyhounds, um, out of Austin, Texas. So that was the kind of the stuff that was what was in the wheelhouse when, uh, when we started, you know, kind of writing and, and recording this record. I was, I was listening to that. I, I tend to, when, when I start, you know, when, you know, I know we got to start, you know, write material, I tend to like lean towards certain artists. Uh, Wilco was definitely one of them. Um, just those bands just seemed to they just seemed to have a lot of flavor in, in in the music they were they were putting out, and I was hoping to you know try to bring that to, into our music as well, a little more texture, I guess, um, if you will. Gotcha. Yeah, no worries. Hey, so <laughs> speaking of too, um, I know as far as rigs go, sometimes they can get real complicated or even sometimes just bare bones crank an amp and there's your tone. What, what's your rig style? Do you have, do you run just into an amp and go for it? Or do you have a handful of pedals? Do you have a complex array? I mean, what, what's, what's your preference? 
Um, well, for the last uh, seven, eight years, I've used uh, a Super Reverb um, and a Vibrolux, two Fender amps. Uh, you know, bigger places, I use them both together. Um, medium-sized places, the Super Reverb, you know, gets the job done. And, and most, I mean, that amp gets pretty loud. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, and then I got a pedal board that I definitely rely on. Um, uh, and I was using the King of Tone. Um, uh, from the analog man, um, kind of that, that was my main drive pedal. And I usually, you know, and it's pretty basic, a wah pedal, a drive pedal, um, BMF, uh, makes some really good pedals. He, he kind of, you know, um, big fan of the band, like guys like that, uh, Scotty, uh, um, from analog man, he'll send us some pedals and, uh, um, he makes some really good fuzz pedals. Um, so, you know, I, you know, and I'll throw some stuff around on the board, a Deja Vibe. Uh, that's about it, you know, and a boost pedal. Um, so I try to keep it simple, but I try to use, you know, things, you know, sparsely. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much, you know, all the time. Um, you know, just to yeah. change it up a bit. And me and Jeff is strictly, I mean, we try to. We just we just do not play the same thing, <laughs> you know. We we play we definitely come up with separate parts on pretty much everything. Yeah, there's something to be said too about kind of keeping it simple, especially when it comes to set up and tear down for shows, and you know, yeah, absolutely, less gnomes to chase in the signal path if something's going wrong, that sort of thing. So, no, that's yeah. cool. I just kind of wanted to get a feel for that, you know, listening to the to the record i could definitely hear you know a lot of flavor and it seemed like you know there was some variety here and there like you were saying you know we want to shake it up a little bit but at the end of the day i mean it was a good sweet sounding tone you know that said yeah uh what's your what's your guitar of choice uh man these days it's it's got to be the taya el toro that that thing is uh it's it's uh she's a beast (laughs) (laughs) um it just it can do so much it's just such a uh just a uh, such a unique guitar and so well made um their shop in nashville is just amazing i met ty himself over in mercia spain and went to a shop over there he brought me one of his guitars and i played the thing you know and i just don't do that i mean i'm i'm a les paul guy you know the telly guy you know and uh for me to play the thing the whole night, I just was like, man, this is something. And uh, <laughs> so he, he let me hang on the guitar for the rest of the tour. Um, and I shipped it back to him. And I, but I told him, I said, man, I gotta, I've, I've got to get my hands on one of these one day. So, uh, so we, you know, we stayed in touch. And then when I seen the, the Black El Toro, I was like, man, that, that's the one. So, and I think they they sh- they shipped it the next day. It was <laughs> it was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's cool. And it's got is that called that shipwreck finish where it just has the nice patterns and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's uh, yeah. It's um, yeah. I just love it. It's got a five way switch, Lawler pickups, um, and it just can do so much. Um, you know, and I still play my Les Pauls live and uh, on certain things. Um, but when I go to Europe, I take two guitars now, and I take the Taya, and I take a Les Paul, and, and of course I play lap steel, so I take a lap steel with me, and uh, and that there again, like my pedal board, I take that as well with me over there, and then we got choice of amps, usually box, Fender, Orange that we can choose from, um, 
in Spain. It's been pretty nice. They'll take us right to the warehouse. And it's like, yeah, I'll take that. And that, and <laughs> take that. <laughs> Darn. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's really cool. But then in these other countries, like in Italy, boy, it can be rough. You know, you can be playing through a fender that, man, I don't know if it's ever been worked on or. <laughs> Original tube. <laughs> yeah, you get through it. You, you just you battle through it, and that's yep. part of it. You know, you can't get rattled when you're like you said when your rig goes down, your pedal board goes out. You gotta, you, you know, you gotta act fast and and get back. You know, can't can't hold up the show. Right. At least we awesome. we try not to. Sometimes it's just all right. Yeah, we we give <laughs> you know time out. <laughs> Things aren't working. <laughs> well, speaking of shows, um, you haven't had a chance yet to. Um play any of the new songs live. So what are you looking, which song are you looking most forward to playing? Um, man, off the turn of the wheel. Okay. When things got shut down, we were doing, uh, let's see, we were doing please the believer and lost on you. Um, so I was really looking forward to playing turn of the wheel. Um, I think, no, maybe we did, maybe we have played turn of the wheel. I'm sorry, but, uh, but like trance, running from the storm. Um, I mean, they're just they were just so fun to record and come together. And we were able to, you know, we were able to set up live and had our all of our amps in different rooms. So it was just it was easy to get a groove. And and we did that whole record in two sessions. I think we did five songs the first session and six the next. And in between, we got a bunch of you know, like I said, covers and, and a few tunes that just didn't fit you know, with this stack of songs, but, um, I felt we got a lot of work done, you know? Um, and it was such a comfortable environment. We were right up on Lake Michigan. I mean, his studio is, is basically his house. So we were just kind of, you know, comfortable, you know, it was like, get something to drink, go in the kitchen, get something to drink. (laughs) Then, you know, put your headphones back on. (laughs) Sorry. I was chatting quite a bit. Gentlemen, what other questions do you have? I'll take a break. I love that you mentioned uh, Please the Believer. That was one of the highlights of the album for me. It, there's that sweet spot that kind of starts with That's Not the Way. And uh, I love the the breakdown there. It's about a, uh, feels like a 10 minute saxophone solo. Oh, I just, yeah. I got lost in that tune. I, and I, I just thought, I, I'm loving, I don't want this to end. This is so cool. I mean, um, oh. so guest sax player there or? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the band. Uh, he comes out and boy, if we get him up, he'll, he'll play, you know, he'll play most of the night. I mean, he's, he's, he's really cool, really good guy. Um, and came right in and knocked it out. I mean, we, we came up with that section and kind of had the idea of having some horns, you know, we wouldn't, you know, we didn't know exactly what, what would happen. Um, you know, thought, man, we'll at least give it a shot. If it's, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, but it, boy, it just really came together well. And, uh, and in rehearsals, when we, when we started, you know, rehearsing tunes, uh, to go out and play, we were, you know, wondering, well, how are we going to do that? Uh, you know, and it just, this fell right into place. It was just play your part, you know, and it just, it just happened. And, uh, and the way we're going to, you know, probably do that live without a saxophone player, there's a lot of little nuances that he brought to that, to that little section of music to where Jeff and I can hit on some of those melodies or or uh joe bishop can 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 uh, roll on some of some of those uh um tones that he brought in that section and so we can you know take it to a whole nother level without the saxophone but knowing those 
you know, those, those melodies are, are, are in your head, you know, if you, if you can yeah. understand that. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The album was just getting warm, you know, for me and it was, it's a few tracks in and then, uh, you know, I really started to focus in on that. It was, like I said, it was a sweet spot for me. Uh, just oh, cool. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, uh, um, Joe Winters, our drummer, he, he, he usually writes almost every set, probably 99.9. You know, Jeff may, you know, if he's not feeling like he can throw one together, Jeff will, you know, uh, do his part. But Joe puts the set list together and, uh, and you know, and I mean, he always takes our, our opinions or whatever and, and our input. And uh, But, you know, I think he was really had a good idea of how this, how these tunes were going to flow. And uh, um, I really like the flow of the record. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, good. Um, it's probably I've probably played this record more than anything I've I've recorded. I just you know, like I said, I like the whole process, and then once it's recorded, it's like all right, time to do it again. So I kind of you know put it away. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because <laughs> um, it is, it's you know, you think once you get it all done, you're like, all right, where's the next one going to come from? I mean, you just are kind of <laughs> right. like empty for a bit, and then you know things start things start coming, you start, you know, jam the sound checks. And, uh, that's where a lot of riffs come from for me. Um, uh, like shake your faith was a sound check riff that was a little different in tempo. Um, but those chords, it was just like the first chords I played checking my amp and, you know, Joe, you know, would say, Hey, don't forget that. Or, Hey, let's record that. And boom, you know, there's a tune, there's a tune on, uh, uh, um it's on the cd it's not on the vinyl make it right that was a tune that was a sound check tune that came together right here at radio radio um uh last year or you know <laughs> before we ended up going in the studio and right. it, it just you know it just i don't know just sound check is a i love it it's a it's you know you're finally in the venue your your amps on and and you're making noise and you know, the bugs are out and, you know, you can just, you know, relax and, and make some music. So that's where a lot of good stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's where, where stuff is born. So do you get to, yeah. you have like, uh, you mentioned the set list. Does he work off like three or four basic ones with some move arounds or does he go original every night and, and, you know, tear it down and start over? I'm sure you have your openers that you like to start with, but uh, what's his yeah, process we've got- there? Yeah, exactly. We've, we've got tunes, what we call, you know, the wheelhouse, you know, like, uh, um, high and humble, um, uh, um, come on down. Those are, you know, really big, big songs. Um, uh, so, but we really try to really stretch it out. I mean, we, we do like the whole, you know, a lot of the catalog and we were just getting back to that with getting a new guy in, um, and he was, you know, doing his homework. And so we were starting to really get dig into the catalog again. Um, cause there was a time we did two, two shows in Barcelona and well, when you play in Barcelona and it's packed house, man, it could be a three hour show. I mean, it is, wow. I think the one was like two, two hours and 40 minutes and the extra was like two hours and 50 minutes. And we didn't repeat a song. We had two complete wow. different shows <laughs> and man, you talk about a lot of music, but <laughs> man, they just love it. You know, I mean, it's, you know, and they, and you'll, you'll meet people and you'll get a picture with them and then you'll see them next time and they'll want you to sign that picture and they'll have a copy for you. And it just, man, it's really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> 
really miss it. <laughs> uh, Joe touched on like uh, the sweet spot in the album, and I for me is probably probably similar. Like towards the middle of the album is a really nice chunk that just kind of kind of sucks you in and gets you grooving a little bit. And I uh, was it. Uh, oh, I just uh, please the believer. That's the name of it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, that that seemed to be the the earworm for me. I found myself uh, had that stuck in my head quite a bit today. Oh, cool. Think, thinking Very about cool, coming man. on the show, but uh, how uh, do you want to touch on like the writing process? How do you, how do you guys operate? Who brings what to the table, and how do you put it together? Um. Well, we it's you know. Uh, happens all all kinds of different ways i think i think please the believer jeff had most of that tune put together um and uh you know and then we and then you know band we just kind of refined it all um but everybody brings you know ideas you know jeff and i had a lot of riffs and a lot of song you know sections done um so like i said it came together pretty quick like turn of the wheel i had that pretty much you know the riff and then uh and then we then we uh set on it for a week came up with a bridge um so that was you know one that you know i was able to you know kind of get 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 the get the you know the nuts and bolts you know to that song and bring it to the band and then the band just you know that's the thing if i if i write something that the band even you know like yeah i like that then i know it's going to be something good when they all get their hands in on it but yeah it's uh you know, Jeff is uh, being, uh, the, you know, writing all the lyrics. Um, he has a lot of, you know, a lot of songs and a lot of melodies he brings to the table. Um, so it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's nice to have that, but then you can add something off the cuff of some, something simple as just a bass riff that could lead into a whole song. So we don't ignore any of that. And, you know, we, and, and we share and we share everything. I think that's a, the key to our band staying together. It's just, you know, we split everything. We own everything. We split everything. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's what makes it work for us. Yeah. That's not terribly common. I mean, it, it's <laughs> nice when you can have a partnership like that. And, uh, that's, I mean, you look at a band like Metallica, it took them a long time to figure that out. I think now yeah. they do everything, <laughs> they do everything four ways, but it certainly was not always that way. Yeah. <laughs> So did, did I hear you earlier say that you like to listen to your own records? I've always been curious about that. You hear actors all the time say they won't watch their, the movies that they're in, and you had mentioned listening to your record. I didn't yeah. know if no, you I, in, I, enjoy I, that. I don't normally. I, I do not normally. Like I said, I, I like the whole process, and then when the album's done, I kind of like, all right, I was done, cool. you know. <laughs> and, it, and because for me, the songs take a whole nother uh they, they 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 take on a whole nother identity live at least for me as a player i end up you know they just there's so many other things inside the song now because you, you've played it over and over you played it you know a di different but you know in front of different people different vibes so then you take all that and and now you're you know you're playing it in front of another crowd you you know there's certain things that that come and go from a song um you know, you may end up playing it, you know, way better or just certain things just, you know, you just really get inside the song even more once you've played it, you know, a thousand times. I mean, it's, you know, you can, you know, you come up with jams inside that song. Um, 
that's a thing. We, you know, we, we're that the thing about Seafater, boy, we, when we play, um, when we're on a good tour like that, you remember from night to night things you hit on. And man, that's where all of our jams have come from. We've not rehearsed any of that stuff. I mean, it just all comes from playing, you know, just playing every single night. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's like I said, you know, when I joined the band, there was no rehearsal. It was just like, all right, let's go. And, uh, you just, you know, try to keep up <laughs> the best you can. I know on the other side of this, you guys will be anxious to play again. I know a lot of other bands will. Um, are You think they're going to be uh, the venues? The venues still be around? Or are we, uh, how can we support them in this time? Man, I don't know. It's, you know, I just, that's why it was really, really uh, a, a little scary. Because I don't think you can you can turn it back on like you shut it off. You know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of venues that are done. And especially a band like ours, when you rely on so many venues to get you to the next city or next, you know, state. Um, and, and now that venue may not be there. I mean, it, it's, it's a, you know, big deal in your route. Um, and uh, our routes are always crazy anyway. We're all over the place. <laughs> but um, but there's a lot, you know, you think about and you think, wow, I wonder if that place is going to make it. I wonder if that place is going to make it. I wonder if that place is going to make it, you know. So you'd start to think like, well, you know, we're not going to – I think it's going to be a challenge to do 180 dates, you know, or, or 100 dates in the States, you know. I think at least at least getting back going, you know. Um, and I could be wrong. I mean, I, you know, I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm dead wrong and everything's still open, (laughs) but I I do think, you know, for what we're going through right now and and what, you know, the the world, you know, goes through, you know, through history, you know, you can definitely say that there was always music there. There was always music there to help you through those rough times. And then, and music always brought people together and man, we don't have that. And I think that is, that is, uh, you know, that's where you're getting a lot of, uh, just people are just getting, you know, uneasy now, you know, now we've been dealing with it for so long and there's, you know, and it's, it's starting to pop up. There's the outdoor shows starting to pop up and people are getting together. So that's a good thing. So slowly, I think it's starting, it's starting to happen, you know, um, you know, just hopefully we can, they can learn all they can about this and, and get, you know, get a grasp on it because there's still you know i mean around their europe there's still it's still pretty heavy even though they're they're doing a little better than we are yeah for sure yeah, yeah. and it's not it's 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 a uh, it's it's equal opportunity a place like radio radio which has been in business forever uh is just as vulnerable as a place that just opened up down the road maybe they have uh a little bit of an advantage because they can do some you know outdoor stuff or they can um they can get their name out there. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I hope it's there. I hope we're ready to every band we talk to. We've, we've interviewed several musicians in the last few weeks on the show and, and we all tell them, we all agree that when this is all over with, we're going to be out all weekend and, and back in the clubs yeah. and, <laughs> and rocking out again. I know, it. I know it. And I hope people are just hugging and loving. And I mean, just having a ball. I mean, we all deserve that, you know, mm-hmm. so I really hope it just brings uh you know, people back together for whatever you believe and whatever you, you know, you, you, your side is, man. I just hope that we can finally come together and just be, you know, 
humans and, and friends. And, uh, <laughs> yep. I'm so glad you didn't say normal. I'm so sick of hearing that too, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's, let's be humans and friends again. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we like to, uh, go ahead. We like to dig a little deeper and ask just some, I don't know if I'd call them random questions, but we have a, a kind of a set of questions that we work from and, and okay. would, you like, would you like to play along. They're not tough or anything, but okay. All right. Um, collaboration wise, who's a, who's a dream collaborator? that you'd love to work with? Uh, love to work with. Oh man, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, we'll, we'll let you narrow it down as, as you'd wish. If it's uh, somebody to share the stage with or uh, another guitar player or a vocalist or open question. So, <laughs> um, man, uh, definitely, you know, Jimmy page, <laughs> of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that would be, I just, he, he's just interesting. It would just be, it'd be something to, you know, be a part of, of, you know, to do something with, with Jimmy. Um, but he don't really do anything these days, <laughs> anything new. Um, but, uh, just that whole, um, I mean, you know, Clapton, Beck, uh, Jimmy Page. I mean, those guys and, and where they're from and to, to have such an impact on music that those guys had. Yeah, it'd be any three of those dudes. I mean, it just, I think they just serve music and just kind of such a level. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, to watch Jeff Beck and just to have, and those three guys have such different styles, but, you know, conquered so much. It's, it's amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I'm really diverse. So I like, you know, um, trying to think of some shows I've been to, uh, where it's like, yeah, I would love to have that gig. Um, you know, like, uh, like, like a Tina Turner, that would be, that would be a phenomenal gig to have, you know, just, just to play with a band like that, um, would be amazing. Right on. Um, do you have other challenge questions, Joe? Is that the key one? Well, that that was I have plenty, but I was just <laughs> I, I thought we'd start there. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's a good conversation starter. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem at all. That, to tie into that, the reason I was asking is one thing I wanted to ask you. I've, I've kind of had it in my back pocket all day. So we we on our show typically we'll do an album review. We'll challenge each other and do you know little pieces along that. So I have, a, I have something kind of the inverse. I want you to challenge us. If, if we, I know Joe plays guitar, I play guitar. If we were to need to do some homework, what, say, three guitarists would you say we need to go listen to? They could be underrated for all we know, too. I mean, like, they don't have to be, you know, top two guitar players and, you know, as far as top 40 status and things like that. But there's some guitar sure. players that, you know, that you listen to that really gives you that inspiration for your lead work or for whatever the case may be, like who, who would you challenge us to go listen to and, and dig deep? Um, boy in the blues, I'd say Freddie King. I mean, that guy is just a, uh, I mean, just, he's just a monster, <laughs> um, you know, straight into the amp three thirty-five. I think he played super reverbs, um, but just plays with such authority. Um, and of course, uh, uh, let's see. I, man, Doyle Bramhall, um, he is, to me, he really, he's one of the, you know, rare guys that can, can get sounds like Hendrix. And he plays upside down and backwards. So, I mean, Hendrix wasn't even, uh, I mean, Hendrix still played standard, 
guitar, you know, setup. Um, mm-hmm. Doyle is so everything he plays, he's he's bending down, but he just has this certain style that you just—it's just really unique. Um, he's another one, uh, and then uh, I'd have to say Dwayne Allman, as far as all the records and all the musicians he played with. You know, all the recordings he did in such a short time um, is incredible. Uh, volume one, volume two, Dwayne Allman, get him really good. And whether you whether you learn them, you know, um, that's the way I was with Pink Floyd. I never I, I necessarily didn't, you know, sit down to learn those guitar parts. I just I, I just enjoyed listening to them so much, you know, to where after and after you're playing years, you, you know, the you just stumble right into those those melodies and things. Very cool. Yeah, I've, I've actually stumbled upon some Freddie King not too long ago, and you know what? What a beast is right. He was definitely yeah, he, a killer he just, player. He's got such an authority. I'm just like, man. I bet everybody in his band were on their toes because I just <laughs> it just seems like he's got that Ray Charles kind of side. Like, man, you better get it together, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and you mentioned 335s. Do you play 335 ever or do you get a chance to? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, that, that's another – yeah, I've got a Walnut 335. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's staple. Um, I played that. And that that is a bummer that I can't take that to uh, to Europe because I really miss it when uh, I – no, I, that one stays home. <laughs> yeah. And, airplanes um, and flight case. Only I just – yeah, I just don't have a really. It won't fit in the the, the flight case I take because of the bigger body. Um, but I tell you what, when I get home, I man, I can't. It's always man. It's like all right, the three thirty five is back in the mix because that just got such a, a a lovely tone to it, and it just it's so easy to get feedback, and you can and and it's and you can control it. You just turn to the amp and let it and milk it and. And you know when you're done with it, just turn away. It's just uh, I love that guitar. Yeah, it's got everything but, from that jangly Beatles you can with the right amp and set up to just the the ballsy. When you said Freddie King, and I I was laughing over here because I'm thinking, oh yeah, Freddie King's got some 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 big old balls in the blue zone. Oh man, exactly. <laughs> I mean when when he goes to take a lead, it's like that first note. It's like man, he's bringing the hammer down. I mean it's just like you know no pick. He just he's I mean he's just pulling and and pushing those strings it's just it's great it's really and and i think jeff massey like he's like man you're in the freddie king and i'm like yeah I'm, you know and then he's like turned me on to some videos and it's like holy shit you know it's like <laughs> wow you know just that whole band i mean steepwater has you know they have they have taught me about the blues you know that's what i've i've always thought being from you know, Indiana, we're just kind of in the middle of everything and just far enough to be confused a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, We're far enough from Chicago. We're far enough from Nashville. We're far enough from Detroit. You know, um, it just is, uh, it's, you know, it's just a weird, weird, but I mean, great musicians here. I mean, some of the best, I mean, there's really, really good players here. Mm -hmm. Um, Just finding the right combination, I think, is sometimes really tough. It's a cool melting pot because, you know, we're really in the crossroads. I was behind a, a bar in Broderbor one night talking to a guy that was parking cars who had opened for the Stooges. And, and wow, you know, he's he's talking about Detroit and, and you know, yeah. you're up the road from Chicago and, and right. you're not far from Nashville. So, I mean, it's just kind of all everything coming together. And uh, yeah. Southern Indiana could be a different state all to itself, you know. And so exactly. you got guys <laughs> like Mellencamp down there that are doing the roots rock and the blues stuff. Yeah. And so. Yeah. yeah. 
I've, I've never complained about growing up in Indiana. You know, I know it's tough being a high school teacher and, and kids want to get the hell out, but it's like, yeah, you know, just, just hang out for a bit, see what happens. You know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can always leave. I was, yeah. I was fortunate enough. I did a project, um, in the early nineties, um, with some guys and we had, uh, Eddie Kramer involved and he said something very, very, I mean, it just never left me. He, he made a comment like, uh, well, if you can't make it here, what makes you think you can make it anywhere else? Yeah, that's and I just right, was like, sure. man, that's you know, you gotta have, you know, you you, you gotta have the ambition. So it's not, you know, you gotta you gotta have that, you know. So I just stuck with me. It's like, yeah, he's right. You gotta it, you gotta be able to do it here. You might be able to do it a little better someplace else, but you gotta be able to make a mark right yeah. where you're at. Oh, and it's a great, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like minor leagues down here. I mean, you got all these, you got college parties you can hit up. You've got, uh, you know, Cincinnati, Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, you know, head on over to Cleveland, go down to Louisville. I mean, you can pack up the van and spend a weekend. And if you don't make it, you know, the answer is not, you need to go to Nashville or you need to go to, to Los Angeles, you know, it's, exactly. you're, you're, you're exactly. damn right on that. So, yeah, yeah. And that, that, that's just thought that was very important to hear you know, in my early twenties where, you know, definitely had dreams of, man, I'm going to New York or I'm going to California <laughs> or I'm going here, I'm going yeah. there. And it's like, man, just slow down and, and learn, you know, learn songwriting and, and, uh, and music and, uh, and, and yeah, learn the know, craft to, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. How about a, how about a bad gig story? Maybe not one that was a total disaster that you'd rather forget, but just one that, that was made you laugh looking back on it. Um, Oh, looking back. Oh man. Oh, this goes way back. I was, uh, I was in a band called wanted, which, you know, it was, we'd, we'd got some recognition and we'd been out to LA and, and was, you know, rolling, almost got a record deal and did a bunch of stuff with Geffen, did a bunch of stuff with Capitol records. But anyway, we're, we're back. We're playing in Peru circus city days. It's like a big deal, like mm-hmm. a big deal. The biggest and, you deal. Know, yeah, you know, for me, you know, cruising those streets and, you know, getting in trouble in that town. So my band's finally playing there and it's packed and, uh, and we're about to wrap it up, about to wrap it up. And they're telling us, you know, you know, the town, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I think we were, you know, on our last tune, you know, and they pulled the plug on us. I mean, completely nothing <laughs> lights, PA, just mm. you talk about, shutting it down they shut it down <laughs> you know <laughs> and of course you know we were young enough to be you know really pissed and oh man it was causing the scene but yeah it was it was something <laughs> very unrock and roll of peru to do that to you absolutely <laughs> <laughs> there's no dancing in these streets yeah not after <laughs> 10 o'clock yeah where's the bacon when you need him yep shut it hey, down uh, before we get too far away from it, uh, Joe mentioned Southern Indiana, and I just wanted to throw out a recommendation. If you have not heard them or heard of them, there's a band down there from Brown County. I believe they're out of Bean Blossom called the Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Rev, is they, that is one of the best live guitar players I've ever seen. Yeah, he's great, man. And I, and we've been on some festivals with those guys, so uh, it's been uh, it's been a while, but uh, but yeah, exciting band, and they they've got a got a real cool live show. Awesome. Hey, you know, speaking of playing out and things like that, one of the the biggest things that bands struggle with in terms of 
uh, monetary support comes down to merch and media. And I, I think you and I had a little bit of a Facebook uh, rift about the, the Spotify deal saying, you know, you need to release more records if you want to make more money. How, how can fans, especially now, support you? Do you have physical media of your music that's available online? Yeah, everything, all the, uh, you know, the online media, um, Spotify, everything. You can, you can find Steepwater, steepwater.com, and uh, it'll lead you to those, um, you know, downloads, uh, which, yeah, um, that's, that's a tough spot for us because downloads, again, a band like us really helps people find out who we are. Now, you know, it's our job to get to those people. I still, you know, I don't, I don't agree with, 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 you know, how, how they go about it. Cause it's just ridiculous. I mean, we've got, we get millions of plays, mm-hmm. millions and to not be able to, you know, financially run your business off of that when bands in the seventies, that's how they did it. Right. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, you're, you bought their music and now it's not really buying the music. It's, or, or at least it's a huge, huge, uh, cut in price. You know, it's just, it's really hurt the, the writer. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, it's, uh, I'm hoping, you know, through this, when, you know, guys that, you know, that's the only thing they have to put food on the table and pay their bills. Boy, we gotta, gotta change the playing field just a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. And then I assume you do have physical copies though. If somebody wants to go buy like a CD or vinyl, things of that sort out there somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've got CDs on me. So if anybody, you know, if you're close by or around Indy, hit me up, send me, you know, private message me and, and uh, I'll get you hooked up. Okay. Um, I want you to have this record. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are all of your records, um, the band's records, available at the website? Uh, yeah, they... I believe so. There's some that may be out of print, but I think, yeah. I think as far as CDs, I think we got everything. Cool. And that is steepwater.com, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. good deal. Yeah. Perfect. And you mentioned earlier, like, uh, you had, you, you know, you, you got some, like, Southern vibe from the record. And we, and we get that. Like, a lot of people they're shocked when we tell them, you know, we're based, you know, basically out of Chicago and they're like, man, you guys seem more like, you know, Florida, you know? And then one of our buddies in Wisconsin pegged it. He's like, you guys are Northern rock. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're Northern rock. <laughs> Very cool. Well, it was a solid effort. It was a great listen, great album. And, uh, it was, for me, it was, uh, my debut to you guys. So, Really enjoyed it. Cool. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, like I said, we're we're gonna make it a a, a a priority that the band or that the that our band, uh, the Wanderings Gang here, gets out to venues and uh, we we text each other all the time. And once in a while, somebody will just say, "Won't it be great when we're like not at home again? Like we're 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 an indie, but but uh, we're we're gonna put a little festival together. I think I haven't run this by the guys yet, but we'll have you guys and we'll have some more people come <laughs> oh, into Kokomo and you know melt some faces for a Friday evening. And uh, yes, that just not to pull awesome. the plug on you. That's our that's in the <laughs> that's in the contract. <laughs> Got to be in the contract. <laughs> You're not pulling the plug on. You. <laughs> that's the best we can do. I can't. I don't know if you'll get paid or anything like that, but we will not pull the plug on you. <laughs> oh well, man, the- I've heard. Appreciate Here's a challenge that. for Joe. Joe. What you need to go is go see Steepwater play at the Rathskeller down in Indy. And oh, eat, yes. eat one of the pretzels with horseradish mustard oh, and see if it's yeah. a band with a horseradish that's melting your face. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I, the inside of my face would be the mustard, I imagine. But yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, where can uh, if anybody's listening to the show and they're interested, where can they find you on social media? Do you do Twitter, Instagram, any of that? I do Instagram and and Facebook. Eric Sailors. Um, yeah, check it out. Follow me. Trying to get some more videos up, playing Instagram stuff. So getting that Taya guitar out there, people see that thing and hear it. Very yeah. right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes um, in case anybody wants to check you out on Instagram. Seems like everybody's cool. On yeah, e- easy for good. you to say, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the the people need to hear Steep Water, and they need to know what's going on in the Midwest. So. Uh, we'll definitely do our part to get the word out there and and uh, make sure you're heard, man. So, man, I really appreciate that, fellas. That uh, that it it means a lot, and um, and we, you know, like I said, we we need pockets of people all over to to keep us rolling and sure. um, and doing things like this and just to get the get the word out there a little bit. Um, so yeah, appreciate you guys. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, guests of the show, they're they're. Uh, friends of the show for life and uh and it's really good talking to that brother so uh awesome yeah, yeah for sure yeah it definitely was a pleasure and uh you seem like somebody who genuinely loves music loves to make music loves the whole thing and it comes across your joy for making it really comes across and i appreciate that oh man thank you i think it's born and bred into me i you know my dad he's 77 and uh and still just uh, to me, he's the biggest music lover on the planet. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he, he still plays and he's up, you know, when I stay up there, get the chance to stay up there with him. Uh, he's up till two in the morning watching YouTube and his favorite <laughs> players, all the music he's had all of his life is at his fingertips and he could, just, it just blows my mind. I mean, I'm like, dad, I'm going to bed man. enjoy it. You know, yeah, growing up, I mean, he hall was a staple at our house. I mean, there was nothing, if he hall was on, I mean, there was nothing else going on. I mean, uh, my oh, dad yeah. was not, my dad was not a football fan. <laughs> nice. I remember meeting your dad a few times at a lo- couple local like vending trade shows and things like that. He popped yeah, by the booth man. and, hey, you know Eric Sailors? I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, that's yeah. my son. You know, so he's <laughs> certainly proud of you. And he always wanted to come oh, by and have man. a chat. So he's a good dude. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think that, you know, but he, he still, you know, you need to learn this. You need to learn that. You learn these seventh chords. You got these nine chords. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he still drills me. I mean, it's, but that's what it's, uh, I love it. You know, it's, that's it's, what it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's been a big support and I, and I, you know, I'm very lucky. My parents have, you know, they have, you know, seen me, you know, it's been a roller coaster, but they've been there. 100 percent and never you know you know thought i should be doing anything different so i that was that was great that is awesome and gentlemen where can we find you you can uh, find jpp at instagram under just plain paul also i hang out on the wanderings and wool gathering facebook page so feel free to stop by there excellent monday oh nice i'm on instagram at metalhead monday fantastic joe rife yeah, go to Instagram. It's uh, LRA4. That's E-L-R-E and the number four. Check it out. Excellent. And I'm Foggy's Pal, and you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. And don't forget steepwater.com to buy these records. 
The new record, Turn of the Wheel, came out in April. You guys need to check it out. It is fantastic. It gets the Wanderings and Wool Gathering seal of approval. You can uh, check out our music reviews, other pop culture content at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. And you can find the Wanderings and Wool Gathering podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, and at rock985.com. After you listen, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, when we have no idea what we're doing, we'll see you then. Bye now.